Supergrass, a planet ruled by a princess with magical powers. Degwan leads the pack in her Firebird. And right behind her is Planet Dorothy's own Bones in his missile EP4. Bringing up the rear in seventh place, we've got Sweet JP driving his Trans Am. The other racers are so far behind, I can't even see them. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? And it's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically we talk about a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 120, and the movie that I watched this week is called Redline. And joining me to talk about it, they had seen it, I had not. It is Drew and Miles from The More You Nerd. How you doing, fellas? Hey, how's it going, Travis? Good to be back. How's it going, buddy? It is going quite well. So, Drew, you brought this one to my attention because you guys just covered this on your show last month. You did uh, a month of anime called Anna yes. May. Yes. And, and, uh, and the most original poem we could possibly do. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you came to me and you were like, this movie needs to be seen by more people. Have you seen it before? And I, I'll be honest, I had never even heard of it before. Uh, you, you said Redline, and I'm like, the animated uh, the anime from like 2009 2010 you're like yes that one sure let's do it why not because there, like, there there are two movies on rotten tomatoes called redline one is this 2009 animated or anime movie the other is i think a 20 i don't remember what year it is live action movie one that's pretty good rotten tomato score the other one pretty close to zero <laughs> but <laughs> but i you know when we were doing this we were trying to find anime films that because anime in this country at least is all about the series it's all about the show the 50 episodes the 25 episodes the six episodes whatever Mm -hmm. movies unless you're miyazaki or akira don't tend to get seen so we decided we're gonna find movies and i just googled underappreciated anime movies and this one kept showing up on lists kept showing up on lists and I watched this for the first time to do our show, and I decided I got to get the word out. This movie <laughs> is great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's really funny because Drew is one of the people that he's talking about where he mostly watches series, and yeah. I, I often try to seek out movies. And at first, he wanted to solicit suggestions for, for from anime fans to like, hey, what sh- what film should we watch that isn't you know Miyazaki? Akira, Ghost in the Shell, Armored the Third, like any of those things. And as soon as I put put the 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 word out, and started to get some res- uh, responses, Drew Drew decided I'm I'm, I'm going to do these two movies. I'm going to ignore <laughs> all the responses, <laughs> which was Royal Space Force, Royal Space Force, and and this one Redline. And Redline was such a pleasant surprise because I had not seen this one either. Yeah, I like I say, I hadn't even heard of it before. You're right. Most of my exposure to anime, here's what I would say for me uh, with anime. Now, this is the first anime film that we've done on this show in 120 episodes. I am a fan of anime. I am not, however, what I would consider to be an anime fan. And the distinction I make there is I enjoy anime every time I watch it, what, whatever it is. I love animated stuff, period. You know, I grew up with sure, Disney sure. And, and Warner Brothers. And when I got exposed to uh, Japanese animation, 
and and all of these styles. It was uh, early on uh, with things like Akira, like Ghost in the Shell, um, and then it became series. It was it was your Dragon Balls, Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho was one I watched a ton of um, when it would play oh, on Tsunami. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. But it, the series are the thing that tends to be more popular in the U.S. I think some of that is that because there's always so much world building getting done in any of these, because they're so, I mean, they can just go in any direction that they want. They almost yeah. need that world building. Like a, a standalone film like this, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm just going to say that right now. I had a fun time with it because I kind of had the mindset and I sort of knew like, okay, this is going to be, I could tell from the first few seconds and my, my tweet, I put on Twitter, I'm like, Hey, I'm watching Redline, and we're two seconds in and there's dog people. Here we go. Like <laughs> I knew from the get go from the, those first opening scenes of like the people at that race. All right. This is going to be out there. It's going to be weird. Yeah. It's not going to make a whole lot of sense. Plot wise. I don't care entertain me and it did all of that i could see a series built around this being really cool because you could mm -hmm. dive into all of this stuff but i that's one of the things i like about animation is i feel like as a viewer we give an animated feature a lot more leeway to sort of uh be weird for weirdness sake Mm -hmm. and and we don't hold that against it it's harder to do with live action i feel like I, I, I think it's, you're probably the, right about that. I, I think it's also one of the stereotypes of anime that that's still left over from the '90s. That that anime was always going to be a little weird, a little out there, mm-hmm. like because the, the anime we saw in the '90s was often, uh, even prior to Tsunami, was was it called Japan Japanimation Station? Japanimation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The there was there was Saturday anime that they did. In oh yeah, the sci-fi. early yeah. on Sci-Fi Channel in early Saturday mornings, but I think before that, you're right. It was like it, they used the phrase Japanimation. Yeah, yep, a lot. And so I think there's still that that expectation that with some anime films, especially, it's going to get a little weird. And this one, you know, from the beginning, just buckle up because that mm-hmm. that opening race is incredible. It's uh, one thing about this film is you know it was a hundred thousand hand-drawn frames and because that it has such a distinct style to it it's 100% there's there's so little cg in this movie if there's any at all i actually don't know if there's any if there was i couldn't tell what i read said no there isn't um that it was all hand-drawn hundred thousand hand-drawn cells and this isn't this isn't you know 1985 doing it all hand-drawn this is 2009 uh, now granted i did read and i think you guys talked about on your show this this was in production for something like seven years it was a tremendously long amount of time likely because yeah. of the hand-drawn animation i'm and sure you said <laughs> and, and you mentioned that you would love to see a series based on this i do i want to take a little side trip to <laughs> to talk about the the uh, director of this uh, which is uh, takeshi kawake and uh apologies for the pronunciation he is known for doing uh, a number of things. One, he did uh, the world record portion of the Animatrix movie. Uh, mm-hmm. That was what one he directed. Um, he has directed a bunch of recent Lupin the Third movies. But um, the one one of the things that he had tried to make was something called Trava Fist Planet. Okay. They only ever made a single episode and a trailer for an episode two. Now, hmm. if the name Trava sounds familiar, it's because Trava 
and his sidekick, uh, Shinkai, are two of the racers in this movie. Ah, okay. So there is already kind of this weird multiverse that he was setting up that but that that show never got made it was back in 2003 so if you look at 2003 and then redline in 2009 he was pitching that and working on that right at the same time this was starting up so it's uh interesting to me at one, least. one of the things that you mentioned travis was you know about how certain films can can world build with mm-hmm. the context of the movie and and the, the one movie that really kind of comes to mind when I'm, when I'm thinking about narrative comparisons to make is the fifth element yeah where you have this massive universe that they, that they do they stay on they stay on on target you you have the story mm-hmm. there's so much going on around you oh yeah and they do something yeah. similar with redline because i mean half the time you're playing catch up to figure out what's going on in both the story and this universe yeah because i mean there's so much going on but it's you, I, this is another one where you kind of have to be in the mood for it because you know it's it's overstimulation. Absolutely. And you mentioned. I mean, I mean, even in the very beginning clip that you played, oh, you've got this person from Planet Supergrass, and you've got this person from this so and so, and and you've got and, and what you didn't play in that was like, and this person who was Lynchman's arch nemesis, and yeah. we don't know who Lynchman is. Right. At this point, we find right. out later in the movie, but the, yeah. but they do a lot of world building that that it that that I'm realizing pays off. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. we find out a, a lot about the planet Supergrass. We find out, you know, who Lynchman is and, and all of these other things that, that really, that end up working really well, you know, well an- for me. Yeah, another comparison that I would make, Fifth Element is a great one because Fifth Element had so much going on around it that just, they never explained, they never even mentioned that it just happened. Um, I covered back early on in this show, Titan AE. And oh, yeah. That That's movie did a lot of that same kind of stuff. I came out of that because I hadn't seen it before, which being a Don Bluth fan, I, I chastised myself for. But having not seen it before, I came out of the movie with like, I want to know more about just this whole world that they were that they touched on yeah. that was that was out there. And that's kind of how I felt with this. It's there's so much happening. Robo World uh, is crazy where they're where they're holding the red line race. The fact that <laughs> Robo World doesn't want the red line race happening there, but apparently can't do jack about that. Like, they can't stop anybody. Right? <laughs> it's, it's like this illegal gumball rally, but on a massive... Right. <laughs> it's, inter- it, that's a great way to put it. It is. It's an interplanetary, interplanetary gumball race that's illegal, but broadcast to everyone uh, I mean, and makes this, a ton of money. Like, it's, it's so crazy, but it just... It keeps your entry like if you go into this with the right mindset of just entertain me. It is that because Miles, you mentioned it's very overstimulating. It definitely is that there is so much going on. Some of it I absolutely loved for the ridiculousness of it. Like oh yeah, the the stretching effect when they would hit the nitro in the Trans Am or in the cars and just like that moment. I was just, I love that because you just feel this like extra layer of speed to a, to a scene that's already breakneck paced. Yes. 100%. But then there are the little moments like where they're introducing the racers to, Mm -hmm. to the, the universe. And you've got this guy named machine head who is this big, gigantic, burly 
like by biomechanical dude, which basically wearing like a a gear crown and he's, he's being interviewed for this, you know, interplanetary (laughs) TV station and he's holding a Shih Tzu, just a little tiny Shih Tzu dog. (laughs) Like it's ridiculous and it makes no sense. And I love that. Like moments like that were great. There was the, the, so you had the, the main characters, JP with his ridiculous sweet JP with his ridiculous, like duck, feathered head. I don't even know what you would call that hairstyle. It's not quite a pompadour. I think it's a it's a it's a duck pompadour or something like that. Something duck like that. tail. But just taken to the extreme. He's great. And then you have his mechanic was uh Frisbee. And one of the things I noticed with Frisbee that just drew my attention was his hands. He's got two thumbs on, a, on each hand. And like yeah. three fingers in between, which kind of makes sense for a mechanic to be really good, right? And, like I and, could uh, see uh, Frisbee uh, Frisbee, I have to say, voiced uh, in the English dub by uh, Frog Pants and Liam O'Brien, which is, uh, you know, pretty cool to see him, you know, continuing work. And (laughs) what was funny was I recognized the voice uh, early on, but I didn't place it as Liam uh, um, immediately because for whatever reason, the voice he was doing reminds me just a touch of voice actor Cam Clark. Um, mm, I can hear that. I can hear that a little bit. Yeah. So like initially I'm like, is that Cam Clark? And then as he got talking more, I'm like, no, okay, it's not. Cam Clark, for people who don't know, I always remember as the original Leonardo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles way back. Plus like a thousand other things. But he was like, a he was he was liquid snake in Middle Gear Solid. Yeah. Yep. Um but yeah, then as, as, as it went on, I'm like, no, it's not Cam Clark. And then then I was like racking my brain trying to think of it, but I was so engrossed in the movie. I wasn't going to stop partway through to find out who was doing the voice. I was going to wait until afterwards. So I saw that. And then also, um, uh, the voice of sweet JP, uh, in the English dub. Cause that is what I watched. I watched this on, um, Plex has a free media service, uh, with ads, which surprisingly weren't that terrible. Um, I watched it on Tubi and they weren't very invasive. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, Tubi's usually really this- good. I had a, 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 a spidey sense about this movie and I purchased it uh, on Amazon. Well I guess done. I think Amazon's the only place you can actually buy it uh, right now. Um, and just like, oh, this this seems like something I'm going to want. And, and again, I've watched it like three times. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Nice. Uh, Sweet JP was voiced by Patrick Seitz, who um, if you're a Warcraft fan, um, you would know as Garage Helms, Hellscream. That, that's... Uh, if you look at the, the English voice dub cast, as soon as you said that, (laughs) (laughs) if you look at the, the English dub, uh, voice cast IMDB pages, I think they average about 350 credits a piece. It's insane. Like it's all the Japanese voices, all the American voices. But what was interesting about that is that half of these voice actors have done hundreds of roles in Mm -hmm. different things, but the other half one, two, like there's one, yeah. one character, uh, Trava's character, I think has like, this is the only credit he's got on, on IMDb, which is wild to me. Uh, and that can happen. I mean, as a, if you're doing, uh, especially a dub, um, I can see that happening, but it, it was impressive. Now I mentioned Frisbee as the, the mechanic and then the other mechanic, um, who I never heard his name spoken. They just kept calling him pops or old man. Uh, but he was the the tall, four armed, old, old gruff mechanic. He reminded me of like uh, a character out of a Miyazaki film. 
for some yeah, reason. I I like yes. The way he moved, the way he kind of was always crouched down and he would use the, his forearms to move around as well. Like I loved the, his look because of that. Like he just looked otherworldly. He was big and lanky and there was so many great like side characters in this that just, you're like, I want to know their story. I want to know more about him. Like he's apparently been in the business doing cars for 30 years. Let, let's just have a movie about him. Like, Let's go for it. I mean, the, 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 the dude who was friends with, uh, with Trava and Shinkai in the, in the army, uh, <laughs> little days yeah. which is not to, which is not to be confused with big days who is another character in the movie. And just his whole situation was just, cause he's like this, he, he's in the robo world military and he's got like, no, he's got no lips, but he's got teeth. And yeah, like, oh. so I was the, the designs in this movie, I could see immediately putting, cause there are some characters in this that are just off putting. If you're not geared up for, <laughs> for that, I have attempted to get my wife to watch this movie at, on at least three occasions. And she has noped out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's R rated and it, it definitely earns its R rating, but it's not over the top either. I mean, no. you mentioned Little Desna, or Desna, however you want to pronounce that. I, I can't remember now. But his introduction, he comes into a scene. He's beating the crap out of this other guy. And then when the military shows up, he starts to talk, and the, the colonel just clocks him in the mouth. And when he pulls his fist back, it's got teeth in it, and his, like half his teeth are missing. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's not an easy thing to see because we haven't really seen anything up to that point that was that graphic in terms of like violence, we saw a lot of punching and like bloodshot eyes. And, you know, there was uh, sweet JP's nose starts bleeding in that opening race, which by the way, we mentioned the opening race. It's a 10 minute long cold open for the movie, which I and always, a, a very short title sequence. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I love when a movie does that, like the departed did something similar where there was like 15 minutes of the movie and then they flash up the title screen. And, I really enjoy that because I'm watching this and I'm thinking, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden we stop and we have a title screen and it's this really cool stylized all white background with nothing but red showing red line. I was like, all right, hat tip, hat tip to that. That's a great stylistic choice. Um, yeah, it's just, oh man, it, visually arresting, I think is what I would describe this movie as. Uh, the style and the fact that it's all hand-drawn is just mind-blowing. Just mind I love it. I love it for that because so many things have gone to, and I don't mind CG animation. I don't mind CG animation in anime. I, 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 you know, I like it in a lot of cases, but, but there's just something special about hand-drawn animation. And when you can tell, cause there are scenes in this where you just, that are so high. I don't want to say high frame rate necessarily, but they, they spent the time to animate these very specific things happening. And it just looks phenomenal. One of the things with, Ugh. with anime that I've often noticed is that self-contained standalone films tend to have that ridiculously high level of detail and animation. Uh, whether it's Miyazaki, whether it's, you mentioned Akira or Ghost in the Shell or, or any of those when it's a standalone film, they can take their time and they can really, really get that animation to just look buttery smooth. And the, and, oh, yeah. and also you've got the, the, the visual style and there's a lot of uh, stretching and just uh, stylistic stuff that goes on. 
because there's oftentimes a joke, especially older anime, where it looks cheap. Because, um, oh. yeah, oh. right, oh. and and that is you know when you're doing on a budget and you're doing however many episodes and you've got a schedule to turn them around and you got to cut your corner somewhere. And it feels like when they can I, do a I, film, I, they don't have that as as often, especially when I, it I've takes heard seven the, years. The, yeah, I've heard the speculation, and this is probably apocryphal. Like there are a lot of TV series that get the exact same budget as a movie, and mm-hmm. when you have this same thing, oh, yeah. and you're doing. 25 episodes, 50 episodes versus two hours. Like another thing I want to say about this, this movie is only an hour and 40 minutes long. It is not a long film. The first time I watched it, I was just lost in it. Like, Oh man, this, how long has this been going on? And I looked down, we're 22 minutes into the movie. (laughs) And that's the thing is because of the frenetic pace that it has, that, that one hour, 40 minutes can either feel like this movie just rips by or it feels like you are engrossed in this thing where it it feels like you're watching a three-hour movie but you're not and I, mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion i mean that in that i feel like i got all i needed for this particular story out of this universe i wanted more but this movie delivers that same kind of presentation that you would get from a well-rounded science fiction film yeah it's pacing and- it's it's an hour and 42 minutes but the pacing is such that if it hooks you if you if you take the bait at the beginning of this movie, you are hooked, and that hour and forty minutes feels like there's so much that you get out of that. Because a, a well paced sure. movie is either going to take a shorter film and make it feel bigger than it is, or take a really long film and not make it feel like three hours. Pacing is so important yeah, like, in a movie. And I have to say, when it comes to this movie in particular, when you're looking at the story of this movie from start to finish. Story-wise, this movie isn't really doing anything that it's that it's unique. An anime version of Wacky Races. It, it is an it, it's an anime version of Wacky Races. The the people that win the race at the end of the day are the exact people you expect to win the race at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That that's gonna happen. Yeah, that's not what this is about though. This is about the journey and meeting all these these random characters. And that's I love. I, I adore the characters in this movie because they're all so weird and different. Uh, so you've got Sweet JP. We talked about Sweet JP with his Trans Am 20,000. <laughs> it's just it. great. And it's a cool looking car too. Like it's it a, is a cool looking car. Trans Am. All the vehicles in this are amazing looking. The design that they put into, because you're right, it's a simple story. I've... I've beaten this to death. It's probably at this point for the for the four or five people who watch or listen to every episode of my show, a drinking game, if I'm going to mention a simple story uh, as being not a bad thing, because it, it isn't. You don't need to have an overly complex story. Not everything has to be a Chris Nolan plot where you have trouble figuring out what's going on from one scene to the next. You can have a very simple story and give me give me something else compelling to drive that simple narrative. I don't need always to have everything be complex. And this movie does that. It's, it's a race. Wacky races is probably the best description of it. This is if wacky races was made for adults only and, and filtered through an acid trip, you get red line. Exactly. Yeah. There, there are literal, there's an entire planet of Muttleys. Yes. Which are great. I want more of those. Like that, I love the design of them because they look—they're completely humanoid except for these like shaggy dog heads, 
and it was great. There's <laughs> like fantastic. people with a weird T-shaped head for some reason, like thin head that then kind of goes out like a hammerhead shark almost. Uh, like there's just all sorts of the, the announcer uh, for the race. I loved cause he had like three bow ties and it <laughs> I got that this, this watch through. It, it was so, so, so weird. It's just, it's just so much fun. But yeah, I love the fact that it's don't make the story too complex. Cause it's already hard enough to follow what's going on. You, you're just, oh, you're, yeah. you're, I mean, they're... you're thrown in so many different directions with, with so much going on that, that that's fine. So simplify and, it down. And, well, well, that's something that watching it again, that I appreciated that they, they don't really introduce a lot of stuff that they don't return to. Mm-hmm. There is so many things that they mention that like, they, like in the very beginning, planet Supergrass. Well, we do find out about planet Supergrass, which is apparently a planet full of bikini ladies and a magic princess. Yep. Uh, you've got, <laughs> you've got, uh, just uh, so so many other things with Robo World, and we haven't even talked about Funky Boy yet. But we haven't even talked about Sonashi yet, the the other main character of this movie, right? And 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 all the stuff going on with with her and the Batman and Robin analog, which is just a whole other can of worms. Well, so so your your female lead is Sonashi, um, as another racer, and. Apparently there's history between her and JP, kind of. They sort of touch on it. She might not remember it, but he does. I, well, cause, I, which, which I actually appreciate that because she mm-hmm. is the celebrity. She mm-hmm. is the the one that is, you know, she's got the history for for winning races and she wins the she wins the yellow line race at the beginning and he was doing well until he went to jail for race fixing because of a whole other backstory thing. Right, that we and, never and so find out about, no... but that's fine. Well, then we do. He tells her all about it. He tells her... Okay, yeah. I mean, he does, but he well, we doesn't. Learn... Like, we learn, we enough. learn enough. We learn yeah. enough. But, uh, and we know that, that Frisbee has been rigging JP's cars so that he loses races and, uh, and, and all of that. But where was I going with this? Um, She's the celebrity. But she, but yeah, so she's, she's the celebrity. So she meets probably a lot of people that, you know, cause, cause she's the one that challenges them and the, and to go in the, the, the flashback to go out and start racing to begin with. Yeah. That's like, true. like that's, and again, not, none of this stuff is rested upon very much, No, but I feel like it's rested upon enough that you get it and it just moves it on forward. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if you if you if you took too long with some of those with some of those flashbacks or some of that 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 stuff, it'd just be an info dump that wouldn't be as interesting. In oh yeah, no, I definitely don't need like an exposition dump in any way. That's the pacing again because it gives you the information you need concisely. Like even mm-hmm. with the flashbacks, they are told when you need them, and they're told in a very specific way. It's not this. All right, now we're going to fade back and watch how Don Corleone lived in Italy for an hour and a half. <laughs> you know, uh, which I'm not dissing on that that sort of thing. I love I love the Godfather movies. Sure. But this movie there are so many people that try to emulate that thing, that kind of fl- that, uh, flashback at the detriment of their film. And a mm. lot of times they don't have the narrative strength not to make the film grind to a halt. Whereas this one is able to push the narrative forward and tell you this this flashback story very 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 quickly. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, 
look, it, there there are some things in the movie that I would say. Number one, if you're not if you're not in the right mindset, or if it doesn't grab you right away, you're not going to enjoy the movie. And and oh, and that's perfectly 100%. valid. Yeah, and I completely get that. Um, my only real nitpick I would have is the "I love you" scene at the very end, just because. Yeah. Like that just doesn't work for me anymore. Like, if there had been, <laughs> if they had fleshed out, like she did remember him a little bit from being younger, and there was there was more. There were more seeds planted for that early on. I might have uh, that would have landed better. It just that didn't land for me, even given the trauma and everything that they went through during the race, and like the closeness where she just hops right into the the cockpit of the the car with him. But that that particular thing just didn't land. I, I, I believe you had the same criticism. Miles. I had the same criticism when we did our episode on it because I'm fine with them having a romantic link. I mm-hmm. don't need the overdub of i love you like yeah that just felt like too much just show them having their their moment and we can take it from there we don't need yeah. i don't necessarily need the movie to end with a white screen with love <laughs> written on it yes. before it fades to black and credits roll <laughs> exactly. yeah mm-hmm. but, but that is part of the acid trip like if if it was just the words and not not the actual dialogue i i would have still jived with it because that's part of its weird flavor. Yeah, that would have worked. That would have worked for me just fine if they you show them kissing and then it fades to white and it just shows love. And then the movie yeah, fades out. Like cool. cool, do that. I don't need the overdub of yeah. I love you. I love I, you. I, like I almost, yeah. and, and that's and that's that's where I do Japanese I, and see if they actually did that. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. that that is that uh that was what I was going to say Miles because I, we don't because oh, I am sure there are some well cuz we watch the dub and sometimes dub casts and dub dub writers alter things to, to fit, you know, certain more American analogies and things like that. Like with the, uh, we mentioned the, the race announcer, like he calls JP your Huckleberry at some point, And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that a Japanese, you know, I with any Japanese context so context, I don't know whether the Japanese know the phrase, I'll be your Huckleberry, but we know that. Right. <laughs> and, I, and so. Yeah, some localization I, 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 I happening there. Uh, but yeah, I just, oh man, th- this movie is in, I want to, it I, in a, in the nicest way possible, this movie is an assault on the senses. Um, visually and, and also the, uh, the music and the sound design is so good. Like the music is really, really uh, just driving things home. The sound design, though, is I think what ties it all together. Because in a movie like this, in a, in a story like this where it's it's wacky races, you've got to have all of your vehicles. I got to believe that they're driving these things. Yes. And so the sounds of all those engines and the sounds of the weapons and and all of that was great. The the modulation they would do on voices, so all the Robo World folk sound just a little bit off. Machine Head has this really weird. By the way, Machine Head. Uh, I looked up the actor, uh, the voice actor for him, and uh, one of his earlier credits was as the voice of Tatsu from the first two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies because they overdubbed the actor's voice. Uh, which I think I think I, I remember reading that. And that one uh, really threw me off at first because I was like, "Wait a minute, his voice was dubbed," and then I don't know. But anyway, uh, like the sound design in this was just so good, and then um, to have you know his voice and and uh and then you you bring out what was it funky boy which let, let, let's talk about funky boy for a minute because during during our wacky races on acid movie 
for a few minutes, we get a kaiju fight out of nowhere. Hang on. We, we, we have to lower our voices a little bit because oh, we mustn't wake Funky Boy because he's just a baby and he needs to learn discipline. <laughs> so, yeah, it, like they, they mention Funky Boy. And so, of course, immediately I'm like, what the hell is a Funky Boy? Uh, that, that, so th- th- this is another thing before we get too deep into funky boy that we just have to talk about the, <laughs> that some things in this movie are named really weird, almost Englishy kind of things like Sonashi's car is called the crab Sonashi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Lynch man and Johnny Boya, which are characters that I want to get back to at some point, oh, we will. they drive the Lynch, they drive the Lynch car. And then you've got the, 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 you know, the gory rider who's a gorilla that drives the gorilla tank. And then you've got things like Robo World, which is just called Robo World. Yep. And then you've got Funky Boy. So I'm not even sure what Funky Boy is other than something large that apparently can just devastate, right? Because they, they even right. mention at some point somebody calls it a bioweapon and thinks that they're illegal. Because I guess Robo World... That was the president's big worry, right? Was that the their military secrets would get uh, let out to everyone? Which because because there's there's hundreds of millions of cameras pointing on Robo World, and if they see something, it's going to be all over the galaxy. And and what's funny is had had the president just been like, sure, have your race here, and not done anything, no one would have cared about anything going on on Robo World because they would have everyone's yeah. watching the race, it's over, and move on. But then we don't have a movie. Right, because we don't have a reason for all the shenanigans to happen on on Robo World, um, but yeah, Funky Boy. So some, I guess, disgruntled yeah, Robo World workers. Is that what? Is that who let him out? Did, so, so they they mention they they because they want to bet on Red Line. Yeah. They want to. They don't look necessarily like Robo World guys in the upper end of the spectrum that have all the because they look like just dudes in suits. Yeah, but they're trying to they're trying to get to Funky Boy. And uh, <laughs> I can't say funky boy and keep a straight <laughs> face. It's so wild. And I discovered today that if you go into uh, Discord's little GIF search and type in funky boy, there's funky boy, number one result. Uh, you can oh, give him up anytime you want. Love um, it. I'm going to be using that. But, uh, but, but yeah, so he's, so they're trying to free funky boy. I don't really know why. But then Gory Rider accidentally frees Funky Boy because yeah. his his car is tunneling underground for reasons. And, uh, for reasons. And then Funky Boy <laughs> lives. Oh, and then and and so Funky Boy pops up and just starts laying waste to everything. So one of the Robo World, it's like the Colonel, right? He gets melds into a thing. I I tried following that part, but. So, like, so yeah, so, so then they go to get, get this other bioweapon that, uh, uh, Colonel Volton, uh, which is this, it's, it's literally like, if you imagined, uh, uh, a mid two thousands anime version of Captain America, <laughs> like he's got the wings on the side of his head. He's got these circular shoulder pads that have the robo world symbol on them, but, but he's red, white, and blue. And I think he's got some Eagles on him or something. I don't, I can't remember, but, uh, but then he, he merges his because because Robo World is all these cyborgs that are about uh, human perfection and some I forget the the terms they use for it, but uh, but yeah, he merges with with this other thing in order to fight Funky Boy. 
So then we get a kaiju fight, which I'm I'm all about. And by the way, every time uh, when they first mentioned Funky Boy, uh, because I hadn't seen this movie before, my brain immediately went to uh, Real Steel and Noisy Boy. For whatever reason, that was the first thing that popped in my head. And I don't know if either of you remember that movie or not with Hugh Jackman. Huge I have I have not yeah. seen it. So. But there was it's it's robots boxing. And one of the robots in that was called Noisy Boy. So when he said Funky Boy, that was like the first image that popped into my head. It's not what Funky Boy looks like at all. Uh, so, and then on top of that, they they uh, they have their what was the cannon called? The big orbiting. Uh, oh, um, it's like the something disintegrator or whatever. Uh, and it gets dis it gets disabled partway through the movie. So we have this huge build up to it, and then nothing happens. And then later on, they use it on Funky Boy. But apparently, and they didn't know this, Funky Boy can regenerate. And there must have been a small piece of him left because then he gets back up. So, so it, I, I also want to point this out because it's not referenced in anything other than if you pause it. All of this stuff with Funky Boy is taking place in Zone 7X. Right. But if you look at it, when it's mentioned on the map, it's Zone <laughs> X, 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 X. If you were to read out, it's just seven X's in a row. Yeah. This is zone seven X. I know when that first popped up, I was like, oh, that's a nice way to pay that gag off. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's, I I appreciate that a lot. One thing that happens when you have the, the hand, like that much hand-drawn animation is like you get your, every single time you watch this movie, you're going to find something new. Oh, for sure. Like there's always something in the background and there's always like a serial number or or a map or something that every single time you watch it, you're gonna find something new to to mine out of it. And I think that's one thing I really appreciate about this film is because of it of, of its overstimulation for a first watch, you're not gonna catch everything. No, and, I I, and it, I know there's makes, gonna be so much more I, I I will find on another watch. It makes subsequent viewings more fun. And, mm-hmm. it, and it honestly, because there are plenty of movies that I love that I don't always rewatch. And, and for no other reason than I just never think to do it. But this mm-hmm. is a movie where it's like, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to catch something new this time. I'm going to watch Red Line. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, again, I, I go back to that first yellow line race at the very beginning. References that I did not get watching it the first time because they're dumping so much information on. Oh, I know what that is. 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 Uh, similarly, on that big orbital cannon... Um, because it's sabotaged by Lynchman and Johnny Boya, there is a there is a quote carved into the lens that was the focusing lens that's just booyah, Johnny Boya. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now Lynchman and Johnny Boya, uh, thinly veiled Batman and Robin sort of analog, right? You got your <laughs> thinly veiled <laughs> uh, his. Lynchman's design actually reminded me of, and you might remember this character from Marvel Comics, uh, Grendel. His helmet looks like Grendel from Marvel Comics. Is what it like immediately? That's what I thought of. Um, and but yeah, they, they were fun. Like they're they're side characters. They're only in a few scenes, but it was just hilarious as they're as they're heading in there. And uh, what was it uh, Johnny Boy? I was like, how much are they paying us, or how much is this thing worth? He's like, well, enough to pay two racers off. That's a good point. And then they just keep going, doing their thing. Like, and they're 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 bounty hunters, mm-hmm. and and they're we always get the bad guys. And then they're what I love about this is that the 
as we are being introduced to all these racers, it is literally Sonoshi watching this on TV. Yes. Um, topless, which is an interesting choice. But uh, I hear a dog. Yes. You're okay. Yeah, she's but, just uh, watching on TV, like the the broadcast of of all of these bios. And the, and they go through Lynchman and Johnny Boy's whole deal, and or maybe I can't remember which one it was, but she, after one of them, you just hear her off camera going, "What the hell?" <laughs> it's, just <laughs> yeah. so, it's just so funny. Uh, and of course, at the end of 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 Lynchman's things, like the best hits of Lynchman, yeah. Volume Seven, now available. Like like, like a- they're selling selling blu-rays of, of their yeah and again it's all those side characters that you want you want more of because you want to know their stories i want to know more about Lynchman and johnny boya or um who what was the uh cop the apparently uh, dirty gory right gory writer the the galaxy's dirtiest cop yeah i love that because like his scene you know he breaks up whatever is going on with two of the other racers apparently and then yes i don't know like I just, I want more of that. I want to know Machine Head's backstory and how he got to be Machine Head. Because I don't well, think he started the, that way. The two the two other racers that, that uh, Gory Rider is is really only entering Redline to catch them. Yes. Is, uh, they're, they're Miki and Todoroki, who are from the Blue Planet. But when you look at the Blue Planet, it's Earth. These yep. are two Earth humans. Uh, but they've got like these... 60s bowl haircuts it's so it's so weird again visuals like just the styling of everybody you've got J, sweet jp is very rockabilly with his uh duckbill mm-hmm. pompadour and his all leather uh sonashi's brightly colored her bright green and pink hair and uh we we haven't even talked about the two racers from uh was it supergrass planet supergrass <laughs> In their 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 car that turns into uh, the adult version of RC from Transformers, yes, yes. <laughs> where where uh, they're yeah. in her boobs, like yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> so... when, when that happened, I, I for whatever reason I just of course, yeah. We're course. talking about Boy Boy and Bos Bos from the planet Supergrass, yes, uh, <laughs> and their Boeing car. Which the second that that the, the the they had finger guns on the front, <laughs> yeah. And the second that the the second that the finger guns swapped and started shooting something behind there, I was like, is this is this going to be a robot? <laughs> oh, it's going to be a robot. And then of course, yeah, they're in the they're in the chest of the robot, and it's because why wouldn't they be? Yeah, um, I mean, it makes perfect sense. They, but you, we, you talked about the music earlier. It is important to note that uh, Machine Head has a theme. Because he's been the 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 red line winner for twenty years, yeah. But so do so do the 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 super Boeans. They have this song that they play and oh, this yeah. dance that they do they for that their... music video. <laughs> and then and then when they they get into battle with the with the Robo World Army, the robot does the dance that they were doing <laughs> yeah. in the music video earlier. It's just, oh, it's it's oh, so much stuff so like that. Wild. I just oh. They, it's fun. This movie is fun. And if you are a fan, if you are like me and you're a, a fan of anime, um, you'll have a good time with this. You don't have to be like a diehard anime fan in order to enjoy this. There are some, there are some where it's like, you've got to be into whatever the hell is going on to really get any enjoyment out of it. This, I didn't know what was happening half the time, first time watching it. And I didn't care because it was just giving me all sorts of fun visuals and, it was a race and a a race is a nice, simple story to tell as well, because it's just, 
that's all it is. It's point A to point B. And I, I love that. Like, be fun, be entertaining. And this movie is 100% that. Yeah, this what? this this is the kind of thing that I want more of. Like it's what it, it's honestly what I wanted of uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets to be is this kind of wacky and and I don't mean wacky so much in the I mean this movie is zany but this is just a, a wild kaleidoscopic science fiction film. Mm-hmm. And I want more stuff like this, like Fifth Element. You know, I want that kind of sci-fi to Get a little bit of resurgence. We haven't really had that in a while. Like, no, we really yeah, we haven't. Get, we, get, we get your but Star there, Wars, but that, that's it. But there is a way to be too zany with this too, and I think that there's there's something that needs to be said about that. They could have easily just had random stuff happening constantly, but but everything that happens in this movie serves to push the plot and the actual physical cars forward mm-hmm. in well, in the story. Like I said, like. I mean, I definitely want them to do it well because Valerian failed to do it. They attempted to do it, but it didn't really, it didn't land. This this movie, like the filth element before it, it lands that kind of science fiction. It's definitely difficult to do. It's easy to screw up, and that's why so few people, I think, try it. But Yeah, and animation is a great uh, kind of a- avenue to do that in because you have no restrictions on what you can really show. And what you can do, it's it's right. ba- it's limited by your imagination and and what you can get onto the screen. But even though the budgets for animated stuff can be huge, and there's there's no doubt about that because there's a lot of time that goes into it. When it's done right, and when like you mentioned, Drew, the wackiness and the weird stuff serves the point the the plot that you are telling in your movie. It doesn't have to be that difficult, but as long as what you're putting in there in some way is serving moving that plot forward and not just there for the sake of being there. Uh, I think on your on your episode, you mentioned that some of the critics talked about this being animation for animation's sake at parts. And while yes, it also fits what they were doing. And so if it fits yes. what you're doing, it works. Like, when when they take the time when they when JP puts the 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 nitrous into the into the thing and you see him stretch out and all of that stuff that again hand animated mm-hmm. that is in fact animation for animation's sake but you know what when it works and it looks good and it doesn't de- distract from the moment who cares it's right. just this 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 is what this movie's about. It's not about oh, are they going to win the race? Yes, they're going to win the race. It's about the race. It's about getting there and seeing what's happening uh, along the way. And mm-hmm. then, oh man, I just I, I I just I think more people need to see this because again, this movie came out in two thousand nine. Uh, I think America two thousand ten. I want to say maybe had a, a a a film festival release. But I just I look at this and I see. Why wasn't some version of this on Adult Swim? Why? why? It, 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 I don't think it ever was. Uh, why? Why they, not? The, the the marketing was so bungled for this film because the people that saw it seemed to really enjoy it. It's that the problem was that no one really got to see it. Right. I, I, I in the episode that we did, I I just I mentioned I distinctly remember seeing this Blu-ray at Best Buy in the animation section every single time. I went to to pick something out because mm-hmm. a lot of times I had to roll the dice and I held that DVD in my hands so many times and I was like, oh, it's about racing. I don't know if I'm going to really care to see this. 
if something had given me the option to check it out other than spending $27 on a Blu-ray, I, yeah. I probably would have. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's really... I mean, like, there's not a lot that would have to be cut out or edited to make this movie still work on TV. I mean, it is R-rated, but... It is. So you, you, a you lot bleep of... or you re, re-record a couple of lines. There's not even a ton of swearing in it, really. Like, I mentioned... No, and, you, and, you, and you cut the 30 seconds of nudity. Yeah. There you yeah. go. But, yeah. but again, I, I, don't, I don't know what people's feelings about Rotten Tomatoes are, but this movie has a 70% critics score... 85% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, like we're not talking, we're not talking about something that, that is like, it is definitely a cult favorite, but mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it's only a cult favorite because nobody's no gotten the chance it. to see this thing. Yeah. And I agree. we mentioned Takeshi Koike and if you, you might not recognize the name, but his direction credits aren't that extensive, but his key animator credits, he's done some stuff that yes. even, even like, casual anime fans such as myself would have heard of or seen like vampire hunter d bloodlust which was to the 2000 is kind of a sequel uh, to vampire hunter mm-hmm. d um he was also key animator for samurai Champloo uh for 26 episodes um which i think is the whole run if i remember right that was yeah i think i think he did series. the the i want to say he might have done the opening animation for that um if and I, then if i remember that yeah correctly. opening credits okay uh so which you know, so you've seen his work. Um, he did the, he directed the the um, uh, pilot for Afro Samurai. Um, so he's he's definitely done stuff that people have seen. Uh, but uh, he he did the character design for Yasuke, which is an anime uh, anime series that just came on Netflix this year. So dude's dude's still getting work. I want to see him. I mean, it's not like he hasn't been directing movies. He has directed you know, three loop in the third movies in the last five years. Right. But I would like to see more of his original work because this, between this and, and I mentioned the, the Trava fist planet thing. I watched that as part of, as part of research because I fell in love with red line so much. And again, Mm -hmm. only one episode. It's all on YouTube. You can watch it. It's subtitled. It is earlier animation. It's definitely lower budget, but you can tell it's it. it and, and if you look at that, what that has, it's got sort of a more of a, 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 a cartoon network style mm. zaniness to it that this movie doesn't have, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's just beautifully animated and it's just weird and quirky in a way that, that he, he brought a lot of that to this movie. And it's just stuff that I want to see more of this particular director's takes on things sure and, no and, i can see that totally and, and i'm and i'm not getting it it makes me angry <laughs> well what's great too is like you could or he could or or people could run with um something like the world that's being built in redline and you can make standalone movies that just exist in this same uh kind of galaxy universe and have yeah. nothing to do with each other and it doesn't matter but I just want to see more of this this world that they were creating and these these interesting species and these weird things and you know have something where it's like oh yeah and by the way and you know you just have a throwaway line in the middle of it talking about a blue line or a yellow line race that's in the background yeah or or have it like have someone at a bar and you know the race is on TV yeah just in the background and that's that's yeah. all the connection that you need and I'm fine with that because this felt like uh, much like when I talked about Titan AE and I'll mention that one again it felt like the lived in world. It felt like it, it it existed and there was stuff going on 
And this just happened to be one part of it. And I love that. That to me is something that's great. And that's, I think why so many, uh, series are, are what's popular with anime is that it gives that time to build and gives you time to, to feel like you're lived in that world instead of sure. the, um, like a standalone movie can, can sometimes feel like you're getting a chapter out of that book. And if it doesn't, if it's not a hit and this sadly was not like a huge financial hit, then that one chapter is all you're going to get. And I just want, I want which, the book to is, get fleshed out. And that, that is the, the most disappointing thing about this is how much, like I went from never having heard of it at all to loving it to knowing I'm never going to get any more. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> just the, the roller coaster of, of that entire thing. Yeah, this, Ugh. I'm so glad you brought this one up. I, I'm actually kind of glad that this was the first anime that I did on this show, just because it's something I've never seen. And so I get to have that, that feeling of like, oh, I'm really dipping my toe into a, a completely different pool for me. Uh, because again, right. I've watched anime, but for me, I kind of come to anime with, with sort of a, I'm going to, going to, I'm not going to venture too far because I know the things that I have enjoyed in the past. Uh, but I get very, because I don't want to, I don't want to like have somebody tell me about how this thing is so great. And then I watch it and I always worry that I'm not going to like it. And the funny thing is, is that I worry about that and it's yet to happen. I've yet to watch an anime that I'm just like, I can't ever watch that again. Some of them land better than others, but I've yet I, to I have think you're that lucky whole... and I think you're lucky in that regard. I, I am, I'm one of those people that I was definitely an anime fan mm -hmm. and then, and then I got older and I, you know, high school happened and college <laughs> happened and I always, I always liked anime. I always enjoyed anime. I wouldn't necessarily go out to seek it out unless it was like a sequel to something that I had seen before. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the world today and like, if I, if I was, you know, 14 and I had Netflix and Hulu and Crunchyroll and Funimation and all of these dedicated anime streaming services that have next day releases of stuff that just aired in Japan. That is wild. Mm -hmm. And it is a whole world that I have. I love that it exists for people. It, it may not Absolutely. necessarily be for me. I'll catch what I catch here and there. If, if something comes my way, but good on you anime fans y'all are living your best life right now <laughs> yeah you don't yeah, have I'm... to uh you don't have to get a, a a copy of a copy of a bootleg of of something on vhs from you know shipped to you from japan by somebody to, to be able to see something. I, I i literally watched one of those it was a music-based anime <laughs> the third vhs tape had no sound <laughs> but it was subtitled so i watched it anyway 27 episodes or however many were on that thing. No sound. Watch the uh, music based show. It was, that was what we had to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Anyway, and and now you have companies, uh, especially like Sentai Filmworks who have sales all the time where you can basically, I, I'm looking at my little anime Blu-ray collection and it's largely because it's so accessible now. I mean, mm -hmm. you, I had Best Buy and Adult Swim as, oh, oh and Kazaa as my sources and, of anime. That's how I saw Fullmetal Alchemist was I downloaded episodes off of Kazaa in <laughs> Japanese and and before it ever came to Cartoon Network and yeah. 
that was how I and now I can get all sorts of shows like uh, one of my favorites, Read Life, um, and not break the bank doing it. Yeah, the accessibility of of this is just amazing. And animation in general, whether it's uh, anime or you know more Western traditional styling of anim- of animation. It, it is something that I feel like it's dismissed too much by your average person, your average film watcher or movie, you know, just consumer yeah. as, oh, that's that's for kids. And it's unfortunate because it isn't just for kids and it never has been. And people who say, oh, there's this renaissance of animation that's that's geared towards adults now. This isn't new. Like Ralph Bakshi was doing that back in the 60s and 70s. And there was plenty of animation before that that was geared towards adults. It's just somewhere along the line, people had this distinction where like, oh, well, animation is just Warner Brothers and Disney cartoons and it's for kids. And that's just not true. And there's so many great stories that can be told in that medium. And I just want to see that more. Even if it's not necessarily just for kids, like literally this afternoon, my kids decided they wanted to watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And I put it on for the 500th time because my kids love that movie. And I I was going to take a nap. And no, I'm nope. sitting there watching this movie because I love I love that movie so, so much. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, movie. And, and that, that's, that's the thing. I think we are at a point where animation is, at least for our generation, because most, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm nearing 40. I feel like so many of the people that I grew up with are at least aware that anime exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that there is not just cartoons, but there is specific Japanese animation and that that can be for adults or can be for kids or can run the gamut. And then when you have something like Cartoon Network that popped up, I mean, so many people know what Adult Swim was and that's all, you know, oh, well, yeah. it was all animation. I think half of that stuff is live action now. Probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I, after like the the Tim and Eric kind of explosion, it's all of that kind of stuff. Right. Which you know, if that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. It wasn't mine. No, no, not really for me either. But that's fine. Uh, you know, Amy brings up in the chat a good point. The Flintstones was just the Honeymooners animated. That's all that was. That was in the '60s. Yeah. Like, and and when the Flintstones was a primetime sitcom. Yeah, an important distinction. It was not a Saturday morning cartoon. It aired alongside live action stuff. And, and even old time. like old Warner Brothers shorts weren't they were they were aimed towards children but they weren't made exclusively for children uh, at all like the pincushion man yeah i mean there's well yeah there's yeah. definitely some that, that, that thing is terrifying yes yes <laughs> that's true it, it, but even it, it, like and and i mentioned this with um when i talked about the dark crystal and jim henson jim henson is you know responsible for the Muppets and that's you know Sesame Street is totally kid stuff but he did a lot of things that weren't just aimed at children or or in the case of something like the Dark Crystal was meant for children but also meant to scare the shit out of children like Mm -hmm. that was supposed to be scary because he felt that scaring kids isn't on its face not a bad thing if done correctly Um, right so that's where you get Dark Crystal or Labyrinth like the animated Transformers movie oh, in yeah. the 80s See, it, it takes place after two full seasons of Transformers TV shows, which are basically toy commercials for kids. Mm-hmm. Says, says damn and says shit in that movie. Yeah. 
which was done specifically to make to make people realize, oh, this is stakes are higher here. Things are happening on a different level. And they kill off the main good guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> good guys. They brutally tell if we, you know, I might revisit. Yeah, we might revisit Travis, and we'll watch the uh, the Transformers movie because I have a lot to say about that. I uh, but uh, but they uh, they 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 take care of a lot of of the Generation One Transformers in order to sell a new line of toys to sure, children. Absolutely, it's, it's a marketing but it, marketing decision, but it also makes for a compelling story. I just I like the risks you can take with animation that you can't necessarily do in a live action, whether it's a series or a standalone movie. I just want more people to, to be open-minded about watching it. Um, I, I am going to try and cover more animated stuff uh, either for this show or, you know, in a future show that might happen, who knows? Um, just because I feel like there is, there's a lot of, uh, of people that dismiss animation as kid stuff and they don't realize that there are compelling great stories that can be told there or it can be the emperor's new groove which is just an hour and 15 minutes of fun one of my favorite movies i've seen in a theater like i saw that three times in a theater i love that movie so much it's a fantastic movie, movie. and to think it almost wasn't that movie and oh, uh, man, that's that, a whole other conversation yeah, it <laughs> it's a whole other conversation too <laughs> but it's just <laughs> i just i want more people to be open-minded with animation the way that they can be open-minded with other forms of film and television because there's so much there that can be told and there's so many different varying styles too that I, I I want I also want to see some of these kind of live action uh adaptations of anime or uh styling um that's helped some too like movies like The Matrix or uh Alita Battle Angel or um even the Aeon Flux uh live action adaptation have helped to bring like more notoriety and more kind of more eyeballs on those titles and on that style. I just want to see more people start watching it and start appreciating it for what it is, which is fantastic stuff. And it's not like this stuff isn't available. I mean, some of it definitely isn't. Some of it is very difficult to, to get right. a hold of, mm -hmm. but, but even, even this movie, it's not on Netflix. It's not on Hulu. It's not on Amazon, but it is on Tubi. It's on Plex. You can watch it for free with ads right now. Yep. Um, or you and, can buy it for 10 bucks and watch it that way, which is totally cool too. Sure. That's what the, I did. The, the accessibility of this stuff is so much better now. And I'm, we're, we are definitely living in a golden age of like just film and television consumption and availability. It's, it's crazy. Now, yes, there are things you can't get a hold of. I think I remember a series for the longest time. It was called Lensman that a friend of mine loved, but he couldn't find anywhere because it was never released on any other format but VHS. I think even that yeah. one is available somewhere now. So, yeah, we're definitely in some fun fun times, and, and, and it's worth checking some of this stuff out. So even if you haven't heard of something like Redline, I recommend watching it. Just sit back, take it in, enjoy it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pull you in a whole lot of different directions. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's out there. It is a trip. But, man, is it a fun trip. Oh, man. it's. I want to watch it again. I might... <laughs> I watched it earlier today just because, uh, well, because <laughs> we're getting ready for this, but, uh, it just, it's, it's an hour and 40 minutes. It is a jam packed hour and 40 minutes. You're going to see things that you never thought you were going to see. You're going to see funky boy. You're going to see <laughs> Lynch man and Johnny Boya. You're going <laughs> to see the super Boweens, and you're going to see sweet JP. 
Uh, yep. And his and Sweet JP's Switchblade comb, which yes. I have to mention because it's such such a move. Mm-hmm. For this. I had one of those things. I, I, did too, I, was a kid. Oh, yeah. I think everybody did at some point. Was there a famous character that had one of those? Uh, did Did Fonzie have a switchblade comb? Who had a switchblade switchblade comb? That sounds like wouldn't surprise me if he did. I can't. Yeah. I can't tell. I know it's a trope. I've seen it in so many things. Every time the the tough guy pulls out his switchblade and then it's a comb and he combs his hair. So. I love it. It's 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 always it's such, such a... an endearing gag. It is. It is. It's a trope that I don't mind seeing over and over. Like I don't get tired of it. So. But no, I, I want to thank you, Drew, for bringing this movie to my attention and basically championing this movie and saying, more people need to, to see this. You need to see this. Let's do it. And I'm so glad because I had a, I had a wild ride with it and it was so much fun. And plus any app, you know, any excuse to have you two guys on and talk about a movie oh, like well, you guys are great. <laughs> I, I love I love talking with you guys all the time. Every time we record, you've had me on the more you neared a couple times and our recordings always go forever because we just don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And trust me, I've got a list of, if you're, if you're interested in more anime, I've got a list now of uh, <laughs> some things to, to do. <laughs> so I've mentioned your show a few times, but the more you nerd, let us know, let people who, who haven't already uh, started listening to that because you should uh, let them know where they can find it. And what's it, what's it about? What do you guys do? So. The More You Nerd is a podcast that has been in existence for a decade. We've been doing it for 10 years, more than that now, uh, where we have covered just about everything. But in its most current incarnation, we are taking uh, different themes of of things that we just want to talk about. And we want to look at it from maybe a perspective that's not quite so normal. Like for anime, in May we did a whole bunch of anime. It was all anime films specifically that instead of fo- focusing on series, focusing on movies. We have uh, talked about, uh, you know, f- franchise missteps, like, oh, there is, you know, this series of TV shows or this series of movies, what's this one thing? Uh, right now we are in the middle of doing something called TV adaptations, which are uh, short-lived adaptation TV adaptations of movies, where we cover the Ferris Bueller TV show. Yes, that was a TV show that existed. Uh and we just Delta House, we just House. did <laughs> Delta House, the Animal House TV show. Coming up in a few days, we'll be talking about the single season Canadian RoboCop TV show. Uh, oh, yeah. Before we get it, before we get into some very, uh, very interesting things coming up in July that are going to be very fun. That we don't want to spoil too quickly. But. Uh, I have I have suggestions for other TV adaptations. If you revisit that at some point, um, oh, we, absolutely oh, we will. Okay, because one hundred percent will. Of, you, of this stuff. I talked about this one last week briefly, but did you know that there was a Crow television series? Stairway to Heaven starring yes. Martin Costcos? Yes. yes, I did, sir. <laughs> I am not well, surprised that you know that, on... Miles, because <laughs> you're Miles. That makes perfect sense. But yeah, it, like I, the... I, I, I was obsessed with the Crow in high school, as, as most teen goths were. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it's a great show. I've been on a couple of times. You guys have had me on to talk about The Host, which is cool. Um, you had me on to talk about Tron. I also had a, a oh, blast talking, yeah, doing that. You're, you're talking, talking about, about more. You know, yeah, yeah. Show. No, your your show. I, I, your show is a is a ton of fun and a decade. By the way, congratulations on that. That's crazy. Like it's, it's even wild. even taking breaks that you have here and there or whatever. Because I listened to your your tenth anniversary or your decade uh, anniversary. Uh, episode that was that was fun um 
But to do anything for that amount of time is impressive. And the way that you've reworked it and restructured it to keep it fresh for you is really cool. So it's a great show. People should be listening to it. It's it's a ton of fun. And I love the the themed months. I liked the um the syndication one where you picked a syndicated show. You have a lot of fun with that. Oh, uh, syndicate yeah. syndication September where we yes. where we piloted we we piloted. We watched a few pilots of of some syndication only TV shows and then uh the winner of that one was Forever Night. Mm-hmm. And we watched the entire first season of Forever Night, which is a show that I had I had never seen before, but man, kind of fell in love with that show. <laughs> I did. I did. I I and that's funny because uh people who who have not listened to us when we went on a break, that was initially going to be the reincarnation of the more you nerd, where we were going to call it the more you nerd like syndication station and Initially, I think the the pitch was to go uh, go through uh, syndicated shows episode by episode, mm-hmm. and the one that our great white whale was Baywatch Nights, which is not available anywhere. We, we will still get there. There's and a reason that that's still, not available anywhere. That is, I understand still... that. But in the second season, it because of the success of the X Files, they changed the mm-hmm. entire format of the show, and so now you have the, the Hoff chasing vampires and werewolves and and things that bump in the night and i'm sorry i kind of and, ke- and keep in mind this is after he's done his day job as right. the head of the lifeguards oh yeah, yeah. no i so, it's totally the white whale i get it like i get why that needs to be the one but there's a reason that you can't find it anywhere i also understand <laughs> that but that's i think it's one of the charming things about syndicated shows there's something about them that i find so endearing and oh, it's sure. because like as a teenager and and a kid, I had insomnia, so I would often watch a lot of these genre shows. They would just air on random local stations at mm-hmm. two a.m. Oh yeah, that's how I saw Mortal Kombat well, Conquest. Well, and, and not to mention that a lot of syndicated TV shows. Uh, we are wow, we're getting way off topic now. Uh, the, the, yeah. So there are a number of syndicated TV shows that people don't realize are syndicated. Mm-hmm. Like Star Trek right. Voyager is the first Star Trek series since the original. That was not a purely syndicated TV show. All seven seasons of Deep Space Nine, all seven seasons of The Next Generation, yeah. that was syndication sold in parcel mm-hmm. in different markets to different places. Uh, you know. Yeah, syndication anyway. in itself. Like I, I'm, I'm just wrapping up season two of Highlander for uh, episode by episode watch through of Highlander the series. Like, and that's a syndicated show. Such and, a massive part of my childhood, oh, <laughs> I, which is the reason why we did not cover, we did not even offer uh, Highlander as a. Yeah, uh, we want, we didn't want to step on your toes. About oh, yeah, no, we no. briefly <laughs> considered it, or having you come on, and I was like, well, I don't. He might be sick of it, or like you know, we. Well, we had tossed the idea of doing doing Highlander, but yeah, there, there can uh, be right, only Tyler. one show that talks about Highlander <laughs> yes, the series episode. Exactly, by episode. Travis has that covered. So yeah, and we'll we'll see how I feel about it after uh, this week because we in between seasons uh, we do one of the movies, and so oh, I'm sorry. we're on we're on Highlander two, um, and and yeah yeah we'll we'll see. The Renegade we'll see. Edition? Yes, I'm definitely going to watch the Renegade Edition. Like I, I have um, I have standards. I have an- Okay. I'm an unabashed Highlander two fan for some reason. For it's, some reason, look, it's it's not as, good. I, like, but as a kid, I saw I saw it as, I think that was the first one I saw as a kid. That could that's be, why. Then. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why. That's absolutely <laughs> that's why. why. That's the exact reason. But yeah, I, but, the, but the movie's just bug nuts. Stupid. Oh, it totally I love is. It. 
at least it has fun, unlike later movies like The Source. Uh, I'm I'm dreading rewatching that one. But, <laughs> oh God! But anyway, um, I want to thank both of you guys for coming on this week. This was a fun discussion, and I got to watch a movie I hadn't even heard of before, and that to me is always a great thing. I so. am I'm glad to to share that because man, I went from again never having heard of it to people need to see this movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Redline. Redline. The anime Redline, not the live action Redline. The anime Redline. <laughs> yes. Um, it's always fun to find those kind of movies. My, my movie like that was a movie called Fish Story. It's a Japanese film that mm. I have I've we have done on our show because I want to make sure that people watch that movie because it's just, if I saw it based on a, on a description at some point in time and it became like one of my favorite movies just after the first time I saw it, I, I fell in love with it. And uh, if you haven't seen it, we should do an episode on, on that. It's great. It's yeah, great. That, it's that great. might, uh, that might be something to do here. Cause it sounds interesting. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been great. If you don't already subscribe to the more you nerd, go check it out. It's a great show. Um, and you, as always, both of you, welcome back anytime. Um, I, I oh, love having you guys on. It's great. We love hanging out with you, dude. We had the best time always. It, <laughs> it's, it's so much fun. If you want to be like Ace or Danny Ora or Diddy uh, popped in, Monkey Bananas, and, and hang out in the chat and, and watch us record this live, uh, I would do that on Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash TV's Travis. And then uh, Wednesdays, the, uh, the show comes out uh, as a podcast as well. You can get that at tvstravis.com. Uh, or anywhere that you get um, podcasts, just search for a weight you haven't seen. Uh, it, it's going to be, at this point, I think it's the only one left that actually uses uh, that name. Um, but if you do get it on something like Apple, if you leave a rating and a review, that helps to make it more discoverable for uh, people that don't that don't know about it already. So um, I do appreciate that. Next week, I'm talking about one of my favorite movies of all time, and I haven't seen it in a while, uh, with Jay Ledbetter, and it's called Brazil. Um, I am a, a huge fan of uh, Terry Gilliam. I love his films, and this might be my favorite of his. It's also one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. It's so, a wild ride. Uh, that's going to be a fun conversation, I think, uh, just because I haven't watched this movie in a few years, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving back into it. Um, so that's going to be next week. And I've got some other fun stuff coming up. Plus, we're inching ever closer to August and Cagepalooza 2021. So that's going to be fun because oh, I get gosh. to watch some new Nicolas Cage movies and make you people watch, watch some of my favorite. That's, that's on the short list. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see what hits, uh, what hits Cagepalooza this year. Uh, I got five, five episodes in August, so uh, that's what's going to happen. But until then, until next week, uh, thank you guys again. And uh, thank you. I always like to say to enjoy your movies and, you know, get out and, and be excellent to each other. Navigational equipment that only exists in theory? The nerve of those vermin! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>